This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi guys and welcome to Inside Bristol Live, the podcast that takes you behind the headlines and inside your local newsroom. I am your guest host, Christian Davis, hopefully permanent replacement for Alex Ballinger, who has finally been let go. How do you feel? You've been put in the chair uh, for this one chance. This is your audition. How, how are you finding it? I so feel far? like Smeagol must have felt when he found that ring in the river. Just super thrilled. Just yeah, thrilled. Bit, bit bit gross at the same time bit gross at the same time <laughs> Smeagol was gross but yeah <laughs> good, good observation <laughs> don't forget you can rate review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts and feel free to follow us on Twitter at IBL Podcast this week's show is without doubt the best so far I'm sure no one will argue with that especially not <laughs> Alice manager um, I love that you're <laughs> so you're so on board with trying like, to take him down he's He's already gone. <laughs> He's already not I here. I just want to make sure he hears it, Matt. I just want to know <laughs> that he hears it. Okay. All right. All right. Who's on the show? It's not like I have an agenda. <laughs> Are um, you sure? <laughs> uh, so first up, we have uh, Robin Murray, one of our What's On reporters. He is uh, previewing Downsfest, which is on Saturday. Uh, third edition of the festival should be good. Then I'm going to have a word with Tristan Cork. Uh, he will be talking about Facebook, I believe, and how we use it in the modern day newsroom. And last up, Alex Wood will be talking about something that's very close to a lot of people's hearts. Great British Bake Off, which returned this week on Tuesday. And we'll be finding out how a certain Bristolian got on. And there's like, that's spoilers in there, right? So there's like definite. So if you're a massive fan... Yeah, big, big disclaimer. I mean, I think we we're pretty careful. Yet. We didn't give away too much. No, but. but there are a couple of things. And also, if if you're a fan of Brit- British Bake Off and it's Friday today and you haven't it. watched it already, I yeah. think you need to question whether you're are you a that, fan. Are you really a fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer to that question. <laughs> so that's the itinerary for this week's show. Let's jump into it. So first guest is uh, one of the What's On reporters, Robin Murray. Hello. Here to talk about what you're here to talk about. I'm here to talk about the Downs Festival, which takes place this weekend. Edition number three, am I right? Of me being on the podcast or the Downs? The Downs Festival. Well, both, actually. But yeah, mm. more importantly, uh, it's... Big shot. <laughs> it is edition number three of the Downs Festival, yeah. Okay, nice. And so what should people be looking out for this weekend? Um, so... As has been the case in the last two years at the Downs Festival, there's um, a really good lineup, which of course is the most important thing to any festival. Um, the headliners, of course, are Noel Gallagher and his High Flying Birds, many of whom I found out yesterday are actually former members of Oasis, which is quite good. Yeah. So it's sort of like seeing Oasis just without without Liam. Yeah, but it's everyone stuff. prefers Liam. I hope that's not slanderous in any way. But oh, I don't know. It's, it's Do a tough they? one. Really. I'm not sure. I mean, I prefer he's entertaining. Yeah. Mm. But like, I I think musically. 
Yeah, I'd Noel. say Noel's, Noel's a better musician. <laughs> yeah, fair but. enough. I feel like you're both a better authority than I am on that, probably. But uh, isn't Liam like... Li- everyone loves Liam, surely. Maybe, but just not music. He's maybe. good fun, but I think Noel's material since leaving Oasis is better than Liam's, personally. Mm. And Liam also gets people to write his own songs now, his solo material, oh. which he openly admitted, I think, on Radio 1 a few years ago. But he probably is a better entertainer than Noel. Okay. But I think I'd rather see Noel than Liam, actually. Yeah, so it should be good. Um, alongside him, of course, you've got uh, Paul Weller. Um, should be good fun. And then on the other stage, you've got the likes of Goldie and his orchestra, who I've seen before in Bristol. They were amazing. That was at Colston Hall, right? Yeah, that was at Colston mm-hmm. Hall. Uh, Basement Jacks. Um, loads of good people to see. There's other acts on the main stage as well worth seeing, including Crying Bin. Definitely recommend them. Yeah. Um, really Would have gone to see that. Are there any more press tickets? <laughs> uh, probably not. I can try. No. I can try. Um, but no I plans this weekend. Girlfriends away. Mine or yours? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know what my girlfriend's Mine. doing? All right, well, good. Oh well, yeah, come along. Yours as well? Uh, no, she's coming to the dance festival. Yeah. Hello, Rachel, if you're listening. There we go. Well, that took a weird <laughs> turn, but uh, yeah. So, what else should people look out for? There's um. So is it- it's a festival with a bit of a difference though, right? It's not just about the music. There's other things to look out for. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the organisers really <clears throat> tried to put an emphasis on um, making a festival which um, isn't just good for music fans, but it's also great for the whole city. Um, so it's teaming up with the big issue this year. I think it's, yeah, that's definitely the first time it's it's made that connection. Um, so there'll be vendors from the big issue on site selling the pe- the, the magazine and um, talking to people about their um, their cause. Uh, as well as that, there's an information area which has been there for the past two years, and that kind of hosts talks from all kinds of keynote speakers, um, including Shafi Korsandi, quite a well-known comedian. Um, people talking about Brexit, homelessness, um, that sort of thing, really. Oh, awesome. So it's it's um, they are actually tackling some real Bristol issues rather than just putting on a commercial event that's about the music and selling like expensive pints and food they're going to try and look into some issues that are really important in the city at the moment yeah definitely yeah i think that's um something to be applauded really because that might turn a lot of people off i guess but um it still draws a huge crowd of you know over fifteen thousand, i think for the day could be wrong but i think (laughs) i think it's around fifteen thousand. they attract um very conscientious people who obviously care about good music as well as um you know having a greater good with their um with their attendance i guess do you know do you know if those people are the people that attend generally happen to be bristol people or do you think that a lot of people travel it feels like quite a Bristol event to me, but I'm not sure. Having yeah. said that, it's only year three. You would have been here last year, I guess. Yeah, I went last year and the year before when I was, wasn't was at the Post. Oh, okay. And I think the reason I think it's such a Bristol festival is because the first edition of the, the Downs Festival had massive attackers headliners, yeah. which obviously... And like it was a, mental, isn't it? Like, it really blew up. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. It was a really, really good gig, despite the rain um, and the long queues. There's no avoiding that. The queues were awful at the first event. But last year they sorted it out. Is that to enter or at the bars or at the bars? There's like a proper zigzag action going mm. on across like the the main crowd of people. Um, you know, there's no no ignoring that. But last year they did sort it out and it was far better. Um, they did like a different design of the festival, different layout. Yeah, I was uh, going to say f- fifteen thousand people is a lot of people for what is not necessarily like a huge site. 
Um, yeah, it did. The, the site felt a lot bigger last year, actually. First year, was the second stage was really small, had quite a poor sound system, whereas last year there were two really impressive stages with decent sound systems and like the information area, which this year is also hosting music once the talk's finished, which is worth pointing out. Um, but yeah, I think this year it will attract people from further afield than Bristol, you know, because of Noel Gallagher. Who, yeah, he must have a huge following yeah, all exactly. over the world, let alone... Yeah, so I wouldn't we'd be surprised if there are people from, you know, Birmingham. Cheltenham. Cheltenham. <laughs> Gloucester. Probably, yeah. Birmingham. <laughs> Bath. Yeah. Yeah. Edinburgh. Cities. Edinburgh, yeah. Who, why not? Yeah. yeah. God, it's a long way. Yeah, I, Bristol's I, nice. They may as well come, come for the a night. I guess it's not camping, is it? But yeah. No, but they do have after parties going on. Um, yeah. At various venues. Get a good so. Airbnb or a hotel. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You get a commission Any, for that. Any after parties that people should be aware of? I spotted one taking place at the Fleece, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, and that was posted yesterday. I've got a few DJs. Um, I think there's one at Motion with like Channel One sound system and Lay Black potentially who are also playing on the day. Although, again, you might want to double check this if you are planning on going after party. Check the website, bristolpost.com.co.uk. <laughs> <clears throat> Bristol Live <laughs> Bristol Live <laughs> I'm pretty sure the website is we still posted yeah, no. but put one of them in you'll probably you'll probably find us yeah yeah. I still make so many calls hesitate Bristol uh, post post <laughs> <Yeah>. most <laughs> Bristol dot who's, who's, who's Bristol Bristol, I don't Bristol think lost. that's correct that is what yeah. I am Bristol lost oh, <laughs> careful <laughs> <laughs> um, so is there anyone in particular you're looking forward to seeing tomorrow well tomorrow Oh, it will be tomorrow. I'm fine. It's, fri- it's, it's <laughs> yeah, Friday. Well, even it we're recording this on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in inverted it's definitely commas. definitely not <laughs> Wednesday. Um, people I'm looking forward to seeing are Goldie and his give orchestra. Me one. Oh, just one? Oh. Yeah. <sighs> Surely, have, have you seen Karangbin before? Yeah, I'm I, saw assuming I'm that right. I saw them at SWX and they're really good fun. Uh, I think okay. they're on at about six. Um, Goldie, because live drum and bass with an orchestra is, you know... That sounds awesome. It's really good, even if you don't like drum and bass, it's worth seeing. Just to see the guy drum at 170 beats per minute Uh, is unbelievable. But the main act, I'll probably say, is the heavy, because it's the only gig they're playing in Bristol, I believe. Okay, don't know anything about them at all, but... um, This is where I got a load of one of their songs on my phone. uh, I won't do that. That's probably a copyright issue. (laughs) 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 All right. Are there any tickets still going? Is it sold out? Do you know? Tickets are still... Um, on sale I believe yeah how um, much are you talking I think it's around 50 quid for the day which isn't too bad when you consider you know the lineup. Um just to clarify is it just Saturday or is it Sunday just Saturday well? yeah just it's, Saturday. it's not a two day jobby cool um, but do be careful because I do know of people who have bought tickets on Viagogo mm. um, and they were sold as children's tickets but they didn't make it very clear, apparently, on the website that they were children's tickets. Oh. This is what a guy on the phone said to me the other day. So they were within their rights to do that, but just be careful, you know, what tickets you're buying is what I would suggest. I think the official seller's C tickets, isn't it? So that's probably the best bet if, uh, they're, yeah. still, if they're still going. Yeah, yeah. I'd suggest going through the the main supply. Cool. Drop my notepad, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. You're, you're going now anyway. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, got, I have a quick question. Oh. Um, it seems like a, a Bristol, like a, you know, a proper Bristol event. Do you know? Are there many like Bristol artists that that play? Are there smaller stages that support smaller artists and local artists? There are actually. Um, 
and what I mentioned a minute ago, how the information area um, after the talks are finished, that is going to be the stage for the local bands. Right. So you've got Harvey Corson, who I've talked about on the show before, yeah. big fan of him. Timeless. Yeah, like, time, I mean, he's... Timeless, countless times. Countless times. I think every time I've been on, because I really do think he's going to be a big um, a big star in the future. I've seen him live at Thecla um, during Harbourfest, and he's yeah. really good live. Um, on top of him, you've got, I don't know if I have to pronounce it, Sir? How's pronoun- it spelled? I think they're sisters from Bristol, and it's S-O-U-E-R. Yeah. They're really good. I've heard of them. Yeah. Mm. I saw them at Mr. Wolf's. Um, they're well worth seeing. And then you've got, you might correct me on this, Swimming Girls are from Bristol. Swimming Girls are playing, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they're from Bristol. Okay. So you've got three really good. Oh, that's good. good yeah, representation. three really good up, um, up and coming Bristol bands there, um, which is great to see. Sweet. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, enjoy it. Um, Thank you very Might much. see you there. You sort me out a ticket. And, uh, yeah. I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before you go, have you got any jingles for us? No, I'm sorry, I'm not going to know myself to such uh, tomfoolery. Can you use the uh, the Alan Partridge soundboard instead? What, to sign us out? Yeah. Yeah, we need a good one. Okay. So, Something we've been laughing about <laughs> before we started recording, the Alan Partridge soundboard. <laughs> so uh, I'm a big Alan Partridge fan, and the other day I got a new phone, which of course means I've downloaded loads of new apps, as you do when you get a new phone. It's a Huawei phone. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a Huawei. A Huawei PPI. Let's choose a... A good soundbite. Here we go. This is how I finish. Well, now you've got Norfolk's maddest man. <laughs> yeah, it probably wasn't the best one I could have chosen, really, but it's... Uh, <laughs> that... Scum, subhuman scum. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, that's dark. That's, you know, that's not... We want to end on a positive note. Uh, that, that is superb. There, there, there we go. go. There <laughs> we go. Brilliant. <laughs> All right. Perfect. That's me done. Thank you, Robin. Really good chat with Robin there. Uh, looking forward to Saturday. Hopefully he sorts me out a free ticket. Um, if you're going, what, look out for Karangbin. They're very, very good. Let's now move on to Tristan. <laughs> good start. <laughs> I literally had no idea how to start then. <laughs> well, that right. is not, not with a cough, mate. Not with Maybe a cough. you should do the whole thing with interesting... <laughs> My second guest is Tristan Cork. He sits to my right hand side. Um, Left hand side is now vacant now. Bally has finally been sacked. It's been a long time coming. Uh, Sacked? He left. I think you need to perhaps say that he he wasn't sacked. He left on his own accord. That's what they say. After I bullied him out. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're going too. So maybe you were sacked for bullying. That must be it. I d- yeah, but like it's the politest <laughs> sacking I've ever had. Like, hey, do you want a better job? <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay, so yeah, Tristan sits to my right hand side. He is our our senior South Bristol reporter, predominantly. Um, Mainly, yeah, yeah. And uh, he is here to talk about Facebook and how we use it. I yeah. Um, so obviously, one of the great things about this podcast itself is that we, it gives us a chance to talk about how we operate and how we work. Exactly. Um, as well as... Inside Bristol Inside, the, yeah, the whole thing. I mean, there's a... It's, that's the name of it. <laughs> um, uh, as, so as well as the stories we've done, we sort of talk about the stories, but actually... So I'm not coming to talk about a particular story, really, but I just thought it'd be really... I thought people might be interested because we get a lot of feedback, or I get a lot of feedback 
and a lot of it negative about how we are on Facebook, how we use Facebook, how we get our stories from Facebook, how we um, interact on Facebook and uh, and also Twitter as well a bit. Um, and I just thought it would be, people might be interested to know, uh, people might be, might be interested to hear um, why we do that and how we do that. Um, and I think that the starting point is obviously that almost everyone is on Facebook now. Um, my mum's on there. Yeah. Very annoying. Yeah, my mum's my mum's in her late 70s and she's on there. Mental, isn't it? Um, and interestingly, though, my children are not, well, they're sort of not really on Facebook. People are now. starting to move away from it now. It's all about yeah, That's all the about trend, Instagram. though, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. the gram. Mid- middle-aged... Like yeah. sort of from millennial upwards, sort of twenty five. It, it's like it's popular, sixty. But everywhere else, it's yeah. Everyone else is sort of finding new ways to uh, yeah. So they're all on Insta. Yeah. yeah, it's all about videos and photos. So Instagram is, suffices for people that that yeah. age, I think. So in, I mean, I'm old enough, sadly, to remember working as a journalist in a time before the internet. What? Um and. So, well, time before the internet was used by journalists or was a thing that was effective for journalists. I d- so I remember doing news articles for my local paper uh, and the news article would be such and such a business has got a website. <laughs> <laughs> oh right? my God. And that would be... So that was... That was and they, they had joined the information superhighway. And so... In those states, so just uh, this this will relate to Facebook. I will get there in the end. <laughs> Effectively, in those days, how reporters got stories in their patch, where and so if for, for for me at the time, my patch would have been um, the rural rural area of North Wiltshire where I was working those years ago. Now it's South Bristol. In those days, I would have literally gone and gone to a post office or a shop or a pub in a village and said, what's going on then? And looked at the notice board and seen somebody put up something, a notice board about somebody put up a notice saying that their their horse had been stolen or whatever it is, right? Um, a lot going on in, in, yeah, yeah. in Norfolkshire. Yeah, or, you know, there's a, there's a crazy event or, you know, there'll be some... So, in those days, that's what you had to do. Also, in those days... Um, People used to, and they don't get them in Bristol anymore in the city centre too much. People used to sell the paper by standing on the street corner, shouting, get your Bristol Post. Right? It's mental. Okay. <laughs> in the 20th century. So Facebook has got loads of different community groups and stuff and buy and sell yeah, groups. I was going to say, I don't think people probably realise just the scale of the network of Facebook yeah. groups because we're aware of all of them because we're in all of them. Um, yeah. don't know whether we should be or not probably shouldn't tell everyone that but yeah. <laughs> we're in pretty well, no. much all of them and they probably don't realise that there's literally hundreds yeah. with I don't know I see lots of people in all of them as well it's yeah. people who kind of like those are people make them it's their hobby their business they're living from True. buying stuff on, from eBay and selling it on Facebook I don't know um, so there's loads and loads of community groups around in, especially in South Bristol loads of community Facebook pages lo- and groups Loads of different buy and sell pages, loads of different, um, all the different ways that Facebook is set up for people to interact with their neighbours and local residents in their community. 
people are thousands of people are in those different groups and effectively they are like the village shop or the pub mm. back in the day they are the virtual equivalent of it so it is obvious and natural for me as the reporter who covers south bristol to be in those groups and to be looking around for things that people are talking about because now the conversations that you have had heard in the queue in the post office about so and so um you know so and so's daughter's gone missing in burma or something i don't know what it whatever it is yeah it's, it's the modern equivalent of being on yeah. the street isn't it the, yeah being on in Knoll, being in uh bedminster being in south or whatever that people now turn to facebook groups to exactly. say something has happened rather than the notice board exactly and um so we don't i, I I get a lot of grief sometimes. I did have, it's, it's lessened in, uh, recently, but I did used to get a lot of grief from going in, being in those groups and kind of people were very suspicious. Mm. And I think the only way you could um, kind of counter that was by not being, not doing the things that they would thought you were going to be doing, um, which hopefully I've managed to do. And people kind of know now that I'm the reporter and that that they, you know, that I'm not going to, kind of without their permission or without their yeah um, we're not trying to hide i think is the main thing yeah. we, we will ask their permission and do the story from there it's never oh I'm, no one ever just nicks something they've spotted in a group and then writes a story in it or yeah not see, that I'm aware i think of. that see, see i think that a lot of maybe in the early days of, of facebook maybe a few years ago that's what was happening yeah that's possible and um that's how it, it reporters got bad reputation in terms of social using their own social media um and a lot of our trolls we have will go oh all you do they'll say all you do is go on facebook and and copy stuff that you see and say that's news that's not news kind of it sort of is a bit new you know sometimes it is obviously we have to put our own judgment on it um so to go around and, and and a lot of times people actually tag me in stuff, which is brilliant. I see I, that all the time with you, especially you. You're, you're yeah. all about in all the groups. And so someone will tag me and on on a thing that they've seen, like, and, and it could be anything from someone's cat has been gone missing <laughs> to, you know, a, a crazy video of a, you know, road rage incident or whatever it is, and and you kind of like <laughs> you 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 get tagged in it, and then then obviously then you have to, you can't just need yeah. <laughs> You have to then go and find out what the story was and try and talk to everyone involved. Um, so they are that they are the virtual street of the 21st century. So obviously we're going to be walking up and down that, those streets, down mm. in those areas, trying to, trying to find the stories in the same way that in the past reporters would have been out a lot more walking down Sandy Park Road in Brislington and now they're sitting in the computer looking at BS4 Connect. Yeah, that's how. That's just the nature of the job. There were, you know, three or four times more reporters on the Bristol Post twenty years ago than there are today. Mm. And then, all, then on the on the flip side of that, there, there, as well as getting news and information and assessing kind of what's what's a, what people are talking about. There's also the act of kind of then getting people to read this is a kind of different yeah. way now. so the way we use facebook to push stuff out to, to get uh, yeah to get our stories read now this is you get a lot of grief from from this as well mm. but from people who say oh you know you're just clickbait 
you're just trying to put, you're only here to sell your stories. Mm. It's only here, to, you know, you get money per click. <laughs> they, and, or they, they, and they hate it. A lot of people, you know, there are, a, a lot of people hate seeing in their own group, they see a story that they're not particularly interested in, so therefore they think no one else should be and it shouldn't be allowed. Mm. Um, and the answer to that is, that is the equivalent of the man standing on the street corner exactly saying yeah. get your bristol post here now in the, in those days you would have you you would have paid and i had a whole newspaper <laughs> and f- to find the one little story about what's happening in that street yeah now it's very much specifically here is a story that i think people in in bedminster will be interested in it's about something that's happened in, in happening in bedminster here it is and actually um, you can, as long as that's, you know, as long as you don't kind of just put everything you ever write in the same group yeah. 20 times a day, then people, I think, do appreciate that. Hopefully they do. Mm. And then even then, it's a great way then. So just this morning I've done a story. So I broke a story last week about a big plan for, um, a site at the end of North Street in Bedminster, which is my the area I cover. I cover kind of South Bristol, and um, I live in BS3. And um, the whole issue of what the sort of gentrification and the change in Bedminster and what's going on there—it's a very dynamically changing place, probably changing faster than anywhere else in Bristol, apart from maybe St Paul's mm. um, and that kind of patch. Um, there, so I've, con- uh, you know, I'm regularly doing stories about about this and kind of just almost reflecting what's happening, what people are talking about, and what's going on there. So these developers have got a big plan for the end of North Street to turn it into the old brewery site into a big kind of restaurant uh, co-worker complex with two big tower blocks with you know 194 flats um, in it. And so I broke that story here. Said, "Here's the plans, everyone." And then I said, I'm doing a follow-up to this. What do you think? And then the follow-up will be what the residents' reaction is because mm. you can't kind of tell everyone about a story and also include the reaction in that story in the first yeah. place. You have to tell them first. And then the, the follow-up story will be, um, here's what everyone thinks about it. And you have to kind of go through the comments and see what the mood generally is. And there's a lot of – most people were talking about parking – um, some people talk about affordable housing, that kind of thing. And then you can say, well, you know, the mood of the, generally the mood of the, the thing, it's not exact science and it's not anywhere near like a survey of every resident no, or anything, no. but it's... People like reading about what other people think about yeah. stuff as well, for some reason. And there is, you know, there, there is a question of trying to add value to, because you could just go through and read the comments under the thing anyway. Yeah. But a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. And also... Some of the groups are um, closed, so if you're not, you know, you're not maybe a member of that group. So you know, we're not. So I'm kind of like telling the story of here's the re- local community's reaction to this um, thing to a wider audience as well. So you know, people, it's all about that. That we're as reporters on the local city paper in Bristol, we're hugely privileged to have a platform. Um, to say to 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 kind of get uh, what we write down every day out to tens of thousands of people that's an amazing privilege and we it's one we should always use quite wisely 
in terms of lifting up everyone else's voices, lifting up because it's not it doesn't matter what I think about the old brewery plan. Um, it doesn't matter what I think about um, whatever else is going on the yeah. arena. Or it's giving everyone a platform to yeah. actually have a, a published opinion in the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all you know. People constantly complain that no one listens to them, mm. and so it's um, it's really important. We're the, the probably the biggest job we've got, the biggest responsibility we've got is to give people a, a voice, give people a platform to say this is what I think, mm. and. People are people are now giving you know social media. The thing about Facebook and and stuff is that it's given them the um, opportunity to have that say, um, and therefore we can amplify it a bit and get it out further and sort of filter it so that we're kind of analysing what people are saying about stuff. Um, so that's really important. As opposed to there's a difference between that and just picking one person saying can you write an opinion piece and here's one person's thousand words mm. actually 10 people's 100 words are probably more interesting and more valuable and more um yeah uh, uh, and more relevant than just one person's long ramble about something definitely yeah, yeah. um and then the other the other question is you know obviously we want people to read our stories you know, there's the great thing about, you know, this whole thing about clickbait and all we do is try and get people to read our stories. That's true. Um, what we try not to do is clickbait because people will see through that instantly. Everyone sees through that instantly. Um, and, the, you know, these sort of sensational stories that we're getting accused of, people kind of, people say, Certain people say, "Oh, we're doing sensational stories." When actually, all it is is a story they don't agree with, mm. or they, you know, they don't think we should be doing, or they don't like the the, the headline, the headline, or something. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, putting our stories into community Facebook groups is a good way of getting people to read them. Of course, it is, and it's the stories specific to them as well, yeah. so rather than our, our main Facebook page. We can use. Um, I guess it kind of gives us like unlimited front pages yeah kind of all day long obviously you don't want to overdo it but every kind of hour half hour you're able to publish a story that um, however many people who follow or like our page are going to see which is 100,000 something I think yeah I'm not sure yeah I mean the dif- the difference with that with that is that um, our Facebook page is kind of like the whole of the city even probably mm. further much people all, all over the where, you know, but the groups give you a chance to yeah. really focus and actually, in. It's just doing the, so we're able to then do the important job of being local reporters, as opposed to the stuff you'd see on the Facebook, our main Facebook page, uh, is more likely to be the kind of mass appeal stories mm. that you know about, like I don't know today, Bake Off, for instance. There's yeah. a good woman from Bristol on Bake Off. She did great. That I'm sure will be on the on the thing. It's it's something that everyone watched mm. or most people watch, whereas people in Filton might not be that keen on knowing what's happening in Bedminster. But, exactly. But everyone in Bedminster wants to know what's happening in Bedminster. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have... What did yeah, you so Matt, as, just, um, as soon-to-be former social media editor, how did you overcome these kind of... The, the kind of backlash that you do often get from people who just don't like the way we use Facebook sometimes? I think what Tristan said was really important because what he was... What he's kind of getting at is is... 
the difference between seeing Facebook as a distribution tool and seeing it as a social media platform. Mm. And mm. and like when you engage with Facebook as a dist- distribution tool, it always falls flat. You're going to get negative responses. People won't trust you. Uh, a lot of businesses early on with Facebook, when businesses started to have Facebook pages and then it became a done thing, they would see it as just being a way, a way of just stuff pushing out. stuff out. Right. And that's why people have such a negative uh, relationship with any sort of organization and i think it's all the hard work that that tristan's obviously put into the groups that really help people start to trust that this isn't just a a, a way to push out stories it's actually a way to engage and, and to help the community and and tell and, and give the people in that, that community a voice um so many people still use facebook in the wrong way in terms of distribution pay a uh, uh, distribution tool um all sorts of social media platforms but you're always going to get a negative response if you aren't putting in any value to the relationship and i think Mm. you need to kind of put more of an effort into the relationship you have with your audience to be able to maintain and grow that that trust that you have otherwise you're always going to get negative backlash you you probably will always get negative backlash no matter what you do but it's like life right no matter how good of a person I try to be in my life, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like me. <laughs> That's like, definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually Tristan. <laughs> um, but, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's not, I think people can often see social media as like being like vastly different to real life. Yeah. But, but the same fundamentals still apply. Yeah. You have yeah. to, you have to view it as a relationship and you have to view it as, you know, there are always going to be people that don't like you in life and on Facebook. Yeah. There are always going to be people uh, getting caught up on this. There are always going to be people that just talk at you instead of with you, yeah. you know, in life and on Facebook. And like those are, there, there's so many similarities. And I think when you can start to tap into those and recognize them and actually start to engage with communities like Tristan is, um, and and like we try to, I think eventually, after a long period of time of breaking down the, those barriers that people have put up, you will start to gain trust and people will start to yeah. tag you in things and, and want you to sort of get involved and and uh, and start to investigate certain things. It's, it's just it's just a big, long mm. sort of. Uh, what's it called like a change curve yeah yeah because the, the people that will be perhaps giving us stick are the ones who will only follow a main facebook page see the stuff that goes on a main facebook page which is obviously like a mixture of breaking news stories um hard news stories and like other trending stuff that we have to do to attain the numbers we need to attain yeah i mean brand but, brand identity has always been a thing like yeah. with design and with with business and things like being able to uh, attach an identity and a tone of voice to your brand has always been a thing and it's the same thing you know if you're doing if you've got one tone of voice in one platform and a different one in a different on a different platform people are going to get confused and they're not really going to trust you that you're not going to seem consistent so it's, it's quite important to know what your tone of voice is try to stick to it and sort of work within those those boundaries a little bit that's interesting yeah you said that because i got accused of that the other day and, and actually it made me think they were wrong i don't think i was but the fact <laughs> that it was perceived as it made me think that i was so i was doing stories about i've been doing a saga the saga of match day parking around ashton gate 
Yeah. So for mm. whenever there's football on, there's parking nightmare and the fire engines can't get through it and all that. And I'd, I'd done a story about, uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was to do with the Long Ashton Park and Ride being unavailable for the big game against Man United, maybe. Um, and I and somebody accused me of putting it into a Bristol City fans group with a different spin. Um, I, 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 I published that, so I've posted that story in the Bristol City fans group um, and said, you know, here's... here's it's something silly about Long Ashton Park and Ride, and then in the in the local uh, Bedminster Southville group um, as being a different thing again, and it was like it, somebody must have seen both and gone, "Oh, why is he doing it differently there?" And and I didn't, I didn't think I thought the message was fairly consistent through throughout. It might have been different wording, but up until that point, football fans and residents had been at war with each other over parking around Ashton Gate. But then I realised that actually they both want the same thing, which is the football fans want to be able to park somewhere where they're not going to annoy anyone and it's convenient and they can. And residents want not to be disrupted by football fans parking. And that's both, that is actually the same thing. That's the same end result. So they then made it completely completely transformed the way I was doing those stories um, and now I just kind of make sure that I focus on that that the, actually the end goal is the same for everyone and it's it shouldn't be it shouldn't be uh, portrayed as a war between two different people because often you know residents are fans as well like me you know I'll, uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to walk to the ground but at the same time, I think I need to sort out where I'm going to park when there's a match on because everyone else is going to come and park in my street. Um, so I'm like on both sides, and actually a lot of people are, and actually they are. Everyone wants the same thing. So what social media, in that sense, in fa- in Facebook, it makes you honest, and that's that's really important. If you're not honest on Facebook, people see through you straight away, don't they? Yeah. And and if and and as soon as somebody said questioned whether I was doing that I I didn't think I was I checked it again and I thought maybe I am maybe that's how it's been perceived then that made me realize that actually in even you, if you're honest on Facebook you then have to be honest in how you report stuff as well you can take things in in any walk of life and and you can choose to it to just dismiss it or you can choose to actually go is there any truth in this uh, have I been subconsciously biased or have I written this in a particular type of way um, that mm. you know I don't necessarily think is is true and, uh, and maybe yeah. if on paper they are essentially the, the two stories like that are saying really the same thing but it, but it's literally just the tone of voice isn't mm. it it's yeah. like that whole thing of you know you're not trying to stir up a war no. yeah so it's, it's, it, it, you are just trying to sort of help everyone understand yeah. what's going on the and best stories are when you're passionate about something and which tris clearly yeah. is on probably on both sides of things from like the yeah the perspective that the roads are getting blocked around the ground and it's like kind of your local area and obviously you're a city fan so yeah. those are the best stories when you're passionate about them but inherently that means you're going to probably have a bit of an opinion on it yourself yeah but it's <laughs> it's funny because you what you're saying you you are both yeah you are both yeah so, so you and you're not at war with yourself I, well, no. I, I mean maybe but, but no well <laughs> no I mean it's but not on this no <laughs> no that's right and you know I moved to where I moved to move to where I am now 
um, knowing full well that there's a football stadium at the end of my road. Um, and uh, one of the reasons why I moved there. But um, the, the the whole, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is that you, you have to kind of, um, in, traditionally, newspapers, local newspapers would have presented that story or lo- lots of different stories as a conflict between two different, you know, travellers against local residents or people who, you know, commute cyclists against motorists or, mm. you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's, and, and actually people, are, I think, are, so what social media has done is actually made it so that people are tired of that because they've seen how, what that leads to in terms of, um, you know, Trump and Brexit and f- the rise of extremist views and stuff. And actually, when you go, de- when you make everything um, a-, a war between two two sides, you you pick out the differences in in people. Actually, that that doesn't isn't great. And mm. you know, but I think people appreciate. Hopefully, um, when someone comes along and says, "Actually, let's work out what is." The what, common goal. What's the common goal here? What do people, what do both sides in this apparent conflict want? Thank you very much, Tristan. I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. Some really insightful stuff there from Tristan and less so Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's jump into our conversation about Bake Off. Before we start the interview, Alex has a quick message, especially for Bake Off fans. Please be advised that the following interview does contain spoilers, and you will be disappointed if you've not yet watched the episode. It's Great British Bake Off. Uh, I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to hide it. Um, yeah, it's back, and we have someone from Bristol on it. Yeah, I was going to say why. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I've bought it to the podcast uh, in the same with the same sort of vigor that I've bought it to the newsroom this morning, which is it's well, partly I was told that we should be writing about Bryony on Bake Off, um, but also the whole country seems to go mad when Bake Off makes its return to TV. It's it true. It's it's mental. It's, it, you have these certain TV shows that when they're on, it's literally just it's everyone. Well, it seems yeah, everyone in your own bubble is either watching it, talking about it, or just generally in tune with what's yeah. happening. I always um, tend to be on the outside of that bubble. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's best. It's best if you are. But it's close to your heart, right? Well, but yeah, I was like you once, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I was on the outside of the bubble, and I think maybe two, three years ago, you know how it is. It gets put on. Sometimes not by your choice. And before you know it, you're like three, three episodes in, three weeks in, and you're looking forward to that fourth episode. <laughs> and there you have it. You're a Bake Off fan. You didn't even realise it. It's the classic, yeah. like, come home from work. Because when you're living at home, come home from work, see your mum watching it. You kind of sit down, <laughs> watch it without concentrating, and suddenly you're, you're super into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know every single contestant's <laughs> yeah. name. You know their Twitter. You know everything. Yeah. Yes. You know who you like. You know who you don't like. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, but um, this, this season is particularly important to Bristol. Mm. Uh, why is that? So... We have a contestant from Bristol, as uh, I've already alluded. Her name is Bryony, Bryony Williams. Um, she's from Horfield in Bristol. And uh, we learned and, well, we met her for the first time as we did all the contestants uh, last night. Um, it's not the first time someone from Bristol has appeared on Bake Off. Mm. Uh, so we have had this before. I think last year it was a guy called Chris Geiger, who, um, you know, is an exceptionally talented 
Baker in his own right. He's got quite a good sort of following on on social media. But I don't, I can't remember how long he lasted. But it was only sort of a few weeks. Okay. I think if he happens to be listening to us, I don't want to get that wrong. No but offense, Chris. Yeah, no offense, Chris. Um, you're a great guy. <laughs> but um, Bryony, on the other hand, last night, uh, obviously with twelve contestants in an hour and I think it's fifteen minutes, Channel Four do to compensate for the ad breaks that BBC never had. Oh, yeah, so course. they give you that extra 15 minutes. Ah. But it's still quite a crowded environment to have screen time. Uh, and they say this, actually, if you uh, you end up reading about things like TV and Bake Off. But watching it as a viewer, you don't have any connection with anyone properly for at least a few weeks because you don't see them. Or yeah, it's the like way when, when you see them it. under stress is, is when you really get to know them, I think. Absolutely. And, and, and they're freaking wrong. out. And in that tent, it is. It, it does seem like well, it would be my idea of absolute hell if I was under a time constraint. Yeah, and told to bake by yeah. poor Hollywood. I also, I, I also can't bake, so it would be. Oh, awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Um, but fortunately for us, yeah, these guys obviously have been whittled down, and they are meant to be, you know, the cream of the crop, as it were, and the best that we can produce in terms of bakers. And Bryony's right up there. And last night she. She's emerged as very much an early fan yeah. favourite, which we never really had with Chris because I don't think he was in long enough. Um, so it was quite refreshing watching the programme, knowing uh, if during the ad breaks you look at your phone, you can see who's like, Yeah, I was going to say, Twitter. it seems this morning that she's actually captured a few people's imaginations yeah. overnight. Yeah, definitely. And has a chance. Absolutely. She so last night, week one, they themed it on biscuits. So if you're new to Bake Off or you're not watching it, every week they'll do a different type of bake. So it might be sponges, it might be, you know, I don't know, whatever sort of things they do in bakery world. But this was biscuits. And they wanted the the bakers to sort of draw influence on their roots, their backgrounds, their likes, things like that. And proud Bristolian Bryony went full Bristol <laughs> <laughs> on the program, which uh, you can, yeah, without being too stereotypical, but she drew upon, you know, her love of cider or the West Country's love of cider when she did the first round for her biscuits. Um, Paul Hollywood loved them. He said they were the best in that round. Um, he loved the flavour. So I think and we saw, you know, her reaction. She was quite humble. She was quite modest. She wasn't, you know, she was very nervous, I think. She know. looked like a lovely person. Must, yeah, must yeah. She just looks really nice. I haven't even watched it. but <laughs> She's she got that really vibe. Nice, no, yeah. she, she definitely gave that off. And um, that was, you know, the initial round. And she came out, you know, at that point, that was the first thing we saw of them baking. And she's like already uh, that early contender. But the sort of pièce de résistance, as it were, were when it came to Bristol-based... Uh, references was their showstopper so every baker every round every week they do a big showstopper which is kind of like the, the final pen, big part of their uh them being tested i suppose and um they had to do a biscuit portrait uh of themselves which um I, yeah, someone doesn't bake. I don't know how the hell I would manage that. But she basically recreated a portrait selfie of herself in front of the Clifton Suspension Bridge and with the hot air balloons and, you know, the colourful houses in Clifton Woods. Classic Bristol. It's classic Bristol <laughs> recreated in biscuits. And um, she, yeah, she just smashed it. Like, uh, I think that both the judges loved it. Um, people who were watching it, particularly from Bristol, just fell in love with the how it looked um everyone was tweeting about it saying you know this looks amazing but it tastes amazing and 
And she just, yeah, she all round, she was just, it was a great week. Brilliant. So good. does, I can't remember what it is. Is it Star Baker you get? If, yes. Um, if, yeah. you're the, if you're the main person. Yeah. I should say, <laughs> actually I'll go back to this sec, but um, so yeah, Star Baker is the top dog so yeah. how where was she in the kind of ranking so for that? she they never they, don't, they only give you star baker obviously you're if you're the one you're crowned for that week star baker um there's no like second place or third place but okay. they they usually so they'll have them sat down uh opposite the two judges and when the uh they're announcing star baker they'll normally pan between two or three people that are probably up there Mm-hmm. So you can get an under- you'll have an oh, idea of who it could be, uh, and they were definitely that. What Bryony was one of those that they were panning to, uh, uh, sort of in the cluster of bakers that might be awarded it. She uh, didn't get it, okay, but um, I think she was very close. And as someone was saying, I think uh, in the office earlier that I think Star Baker week one that's a big that's a, that's peak. To this, this yeah. is you know you're you're you've set your, you know it's great, but Maybe it's it works on her favour, not being you know a close second at this early stage. That bodes well. That bodes well. I think I read uh, that her specialty is puff pastry as well. And yes, biscuit is quite a long way off that. So yeah, yeah she can obviously so, try her hand at exactly yeah. different elements, which is um, yeah. I don't know if there is a dedicated puff pastry week from watching it previous years, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the savory yeah. pastry. It's tricky. You can do savories of puff pastry. Yeah, yeah I'm sure like Brian can. Um, right. Roasted vegetable thing. I guess Ooh. I don't know. With cheese, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. If Brian's listening, you should give that a try. Paul, <laughs> yeah. if you're listening, yeah. work as a challenge. You can have it for yeah. free. Um, you can enter next year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chris, this could be your challenge. You could uh, get take up baking. And- yeah. Well, I did read that she le- self learnt it from YouTube videos. Mm. And only started in 2013. Yeah, so yeah. five years. Give I'll yourself five years. Here. You could, yeah, yeah you <laughs> could do it. Um, but you, you probably need double that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, at least double that. To be honest, yeah. it just goes to show that, doesn't it? That you you can, if you want to do something, and like she's self-taught from YouTube videos. Yeah, that absolutely. Is, yeah. You know, now I mean, the exposure from Bake Off is is almost as good as winning it. It's in its yeah. own right. You I was going to say, if she lasts a few weeks. Um, I think she'll pretty much be set for life anyway, if, especially if she's personable, a nice person and actually yeah. good at what she's doing, which she obviously is. Um, then, yeah, she's already got a bright future, I'd say. Yeah. You said do. you said she she drew on the whole s- cider thing. Mm. Ha- in what way did the cider come in into the biscuit? So, yeah, that's a good I question. I think it literally did go into the biscuit. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're in not wrong. In a literal wrong. sense. They are... So they were called Empire Biscuits, which, again, I'd never heard of before. Apparently that is a type of biscuit. Um, And she basically infused some sort of apple cider element to it. So when she had them laid out from memory, it was kind of like your biscuit shape with like a little bit of apple on top. Um, And I don't know if the apple was baked in cider or, or had the cider was maybe put into the biscuit itself. But it was like they described them as apple cider infused empire biscuits mm. so sounds tasty sounds delicious yeah i mean uh, uh, cider in a biscuit I, were well, they alcoholic i imagine that really would have been i suspect yeah i mean they didn't again i think partly because of how many how many people they've got to sort of 
focus on in in the early episodes they didn't get you don't you, yeah because i suppose as you go on they get more into the sort of techniques they're using or they'll be sort of you'll see them making it and they'll be sort of really flustered and they'll be explaining what they're doing and then they'll cut to the next baker but when there's 12 it's very much a case of this is such and such they're baking this this week and here's a quick shot of them doing it um but i suppose that's you know a good reflection on her for i mean you're, yeah you're, you're totally like focused on the on the bakers yeah i'm definitely focused you're just on, on the, the sweet trees yeah, like, yeah yeah no i don't how, blame how, you did, are they alcoholic and how do I get my hands on <laughs> I see where you're going with this, yeah. Uh, well, if Bryony can answer that question, then we can... Um, we'll try. Apparently she watched it in um, the Gloucester Old Spot pub yeah. in Hallfield last night. And I, uh, she tweets, um, I can't remember her exact handle, but it's Bryony May as opposed to Bryony Williams, which is the name she goes okay. by on Bake Off. But um, she tweeted a picture uh, of her and her friends and family uh pretty much packed the entire pub out last night to watch uh, the episode of Bake Off. So she's obviously well supported uh, here in Bristol, which is good. That is good. So going forward from our perspective, how do you plan to kind of, if if she's doing well, which is kind of, it kind of sounds like she will do. Because I think from what I can remember, if you do well one week, even if you do badly the next week, they, they might keep you on if they've seen something in you that they think is worth kind of persevering with. Mm. Um, so how do you see it going for her and how do you, what do you are you taking on the mantle of being <laughs> Bake Off reporter know, as, uh, as long as she's in it every it's week? It's not the worst thing to write about, I'll tell you that, but it, it, whether I do it every week, I don't know. Um, I think generally speaking, pe- we, do, we get this occasionally where people will comment and it's not specifically about Bake Off stories, but maybe TV is something that a, the average Bristol Post, Bristol Live uh, reader might not have thought is kind of relevant to them um, or local news. But in actual fact, we've you know TV is something we all sort of watch and um, we all engage with. Mm. And Bake Off being as popular as it is, and the added fact we have a Bristolian on it, yeah. Um, it's it's really a no-brainer from our point of view in this day and age that we do write around you know that subject. Um, obviously, it'd be lovely to to make it more than just reviewing the weekly episode. It'd be great to maybe look at fixing an interview with Bryony or mm. her family to sort of update us on kind of you know it's all pre-recorded Bake Off. I think many many months ago. But it'd be, if we could, it'd be great to yeah. to have a chat with her and and try and find out how. Her life is maybe already a little bit different yeah. compared to... I know she had to be very tight-lipped and keep it private. Yeah, yeah, it's very private. Yeah, it's it's really true, actually. Like, if um, it's such a big deal already that if, if Bristol had a Bake Off winner, that would be weirdly, like, really good for the city. And yeah. Like, especially for the food scene, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure she, she would immediately be propelled into the kind of top 20 Bristol celebrities oh, just from that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, pretty nuts. And like I said, that's, I suppose, a reflection on the changes in our sort of own sphere, our own industry, that TV and, and what's happening in sort of popular culture is 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 of relevance to our readers. Um, mm. We know that from, you know, our own analysis and looking at the audience. And I think, like I say, having 
someone from Bristol, it's an obvious local angle, um, which which we should be exploring. Even if s- some percentage of our readership might turn their noses up or, I don't know, if it's an element of snobbery, maybe to look down on certain television pro. I don't know. But- yeah, yeah, that's true. We have a lot of Bristolians on TV. I think someone pointed out yesterday that there was someone on First Dates and that weird oh, show where everyone naked gets attraction. naked. Yes. Yeah, someone was on that as well. Not, Not that I saw that. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quick to add. I haven't seen that one. Disclaimer. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Bristolians on TV getting media coverage, but I think Great British Bake Off is like a different kettle of fish in a way. It's such mm. a... Like that they must get millions and millions of views every yeah. night. I, I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't know. But it's just, like you say, it's one of those where everyone gets caught up in it. Yeah. It's that kind of Love Island effect, although it's not on every night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank God. Or, <laughs> <I> mean, well, <laughs> or, yeah, or as intense. It's definitely, it's it? definitely not. I haven't watched Love Island, so I can't actually comment. Neither have I. Um, I haven't watched any of it. <laughs> but I think, yeah, if if Bryony continues to do well, I'll I'll, I'll check you in. Might, you might check yeah. in. Yeah. I count that as a win. No pressure on Bryony, you know, added to winning the Bake Off. But if you can win Chris round to, <laughs> to be a fan, then we've really done something there. That's great. Impressive. Thanks to look at. Uh, oh God. <laughs> do you want me to do it? I'll do it if you want. Take two. Do you, do you, do you want me Action. to do it? Thank you, Alex. Oh, he, he nailed That's it. That's okay, Chris. Really interesting stuff from Alex. Uh, let's hope that. Bryony is there for a good so, few more weeks. Let's hope she wins. Yeah, let's hope, yeah, let's hope yeah. she wins. Let's more dream positive. big. Let's yeah. dream big. Yeah, sorry, I'm always I'm a, I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. <laughs> hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a, a Bake Off win in the city um, and Alex will be writing about it. Right, that is it for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Um, do not forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast at... Uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to your podcasts and follow us on Twitter if you want at IBL Podcast. Thanks again for listening and until next week, goodbye. <laughs>